You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into the Locked On Bama podcast. This is Jimmy Stein. I'm going to be solo today while Luke is tending to the important family business. Uh, boy, scrimmage weekend. Uh, that means the season's real close. As a matter of fact, uh, I guess I should just welcome everybody to week zero. It's Monday of week zero, and while there's no SEC teams playing in the uh, initial weekend of, of some action, believe it or not, there is some Alabama interest in the two primary games that take place on Saturday uh, to some extent, um, giving us a little bit of a rooting interest. Uh, so in the first game, which will kick off at noon on Fox uh, following game day, and, and for those of you that don't know, there will be a college game day Saturday morning. They're broadcasting from the SWAC MIAC game. I'm not 100% sure who's playing in that. I think it might be Alcorn State versus Hampton, I think. But that's where college game day will be Saturday, uh, celebrating the historically black colleges, and uh, and that'll be a great uh, a great way to usher in the season. But anyway, the noon the noon game uh, on Fox is going to be the Nebraska Cornhuskers versus the Illinois Fighting Illini, and uh, the Alabama connection there. Uh, some of you guys remember Eddie Smith, who uh, signed with Alabama about three years ago out of Slidell, Louisiana. Didn't do much at Alabama. Played a little special teams. Played a little bit of garbage time. But uh, after two or three seasons of uh, trying to climb the depth chart to no avail, he left and ended up at Illinois, which is a weird because I don't think we've ever had a player transfer there. So, um, And with him being from Louisiana, even more weird. And they've had a coaching change on top of it. And, of course, Illinois' new coach is former SEC head coach Brett Bielema. So this will be Brett Bielema's return to college football. And, of course, Alabama has history with him when he was the coach at Arkansas. But really, uh, Eddie Smith, former Alabama safety, now a defensive back for Illinois. So uh, I have no idea if he's playing. I'm assuming he he plays. You know, Illinois hasn't been good the past several years. So... Based on that assumption alone, based on that fact alone, I'm assuming Eddie plays, but we'll we'll find out uh, Saturday uh, when they're playing Nebraska, who's just reeling. Not only has Nebraska been terrible for a couple of decades now, they are now under NCAA investigation. That's pretty bad when you're losing, and the NCAA is coming to town. That's a that's a bad combo there. The second game which has a more direct effect on Alabama in 2021, and I'll tell you why here. This The second game, Saturday, uh, and it is also Saturday afternoon, roughly is the same at the same time as Nebraska-Illinois. I think it kicks off an hour later at 1, is Hawaii uh, versus UCLA. Hawaii is a Week 0 fixture. Hawaii is actually the reason for Week 0. A lot of folks don't know this, but uh, if, if, if you don't know this, now you will. Week 0 basically began specifically because of Hawaii. See, Hawaii plays a, a, a few games uh, and, and is responsible for for 
for a lot of teams playing an extra game. Did you know, uh, and you might not remember this, and it's kind of a newer rule since Alabama played Hawaii, but because of the travel involved and the difficulty, uh, non-conference teams who play Hawaii, non-conference, so I'm not talking about in their league, uh, you know, because Hawaii's in the Mountain West. I'm not talking about the, the, the Mountain West conference games. But if you agree to play at Hawaii in a non-conference game, you get to play 13 games. The game doesn't count. You're allowed to play an extra game. It's an incentive for teams to agree to play Hawaii because Hawaii had very difficult time lining up non-conference opponents for a long time because it's very expensive, hugely time-consuming, and coaches considered it a real negative time drain. I mean, if, if, you, if, if all of a sudden the middle of the season or, or the season starts, now you've got, I mean, Hawaii is like a, a four or five hour flight from the California coast. So imagine if you're in the middle of America and, and, and you got to fly to Hawaii, that can be really draining on your team. So anyway, so teams playing at Hawaii get to play 13 games. And for that reason alone, teams had to start playing in week zero to account for the fact they had an extra game due to playing Hawaii. So week zero is almost largely made up of a lot of Hawaii opponents, uh, not, not, not including Hawaii, who they, they will always play week zero, uh, and Hawaii's opponents, non-conference opponents. That's kind of the reason that we have a week zero. And they play UCLA, and this is why that affects Alabama. Uh, UCLA now gets to play in week zero because of a game they agreed to play at Hawaii. So UCLA gets to play before week one. And week one, UCLA hosts LSU. I think it's a tremendous advantage for UCLA to get this game in. First of all, they have a shorter flight to Hawaii than, than most teams. But UCLA gets to play a game and have the dress rehearsal against a team they're likely to beat. And they get to get a lot of the kinks out before before playing a game. And then they get to play at home uh, against LSU, who has to travel cross-country. Alabama fans, I'm sure those, those of you who are fans of Alabama or alive before the Saban era will remember Alabama's last trip to play UCLA in the Rose Bowl in 2000. We got whipped, and we were supposed to be good. We're preseason ranked, I think, number two, and got whipped by UCLA and uh, started a, you know, ended up being a horrible football season, and and we fired the coach and everything, and it started with that trip to Pasadena. So, uh, so UCLA gets to play this game against Hawaii as as a dress rehearsal before playing LSU in Week One. And, uh, oh, yeah, that has a direct effect on Alabama. Can you imagine if a uh, ready-to-play UCLA team uh, beats LSU in week one? Uh, you could see wheels come off in Baton Rouge if they lose a game they're anticipating winning uh, and start the season off 0-1 after coming off that 5-5 five and five season a year ago. So, uh, so yeah, so who would have thought week two, week, week zero has two games that have an effect on Alabama or has an Alabama interest in the sense former Alabama safety Eddie Smith plays for Illinois. And in game two, Alabama fans probably should root for UCLA 
to look pretty sharp against Hawaii or at least get the bugs out, get the kinks out, have the stress rehearsal so they can be ready to beat LSU in, uh, in week one. We'll be back uh, right after this. All right, everybody, let's talk about sweat block. It's doctor created, doctor recommended, works for up to seven days per use. That's the sweat block wipes. These things are awesome. Look, you, you, you apply it before you go to bed on Sunday night, right? You just wipe it on both sides of your underarms or wherever you're sweating. I'm not going to get personal, but I would say probably your underarms. Let's go there. Then you don't have to apply any antiperspirant again for a week. Now, go with deodorant. Still use deodorant, but the, but the antiperspirant you don't have to worry about. That's how long this works. Look, it's a bestseller on Amazon, has been for 10 years, 13,000 reviews, and probably 12,999 of them positive, and then one moron probably thought he was reviewing Legos or something. But that's beside the point. This is manufactured in the U.S. Wear what you want to wear. Uh, it, it, very discreet, et cetera, et cetera. You need to go check these guys out. Uh, you, can, you can go to Sweatblock. Uh, through Amazon. You can go to sweatblock.com. I'm telling you, you're going to love these things. Uh, go check them out. If you go to sweatblock.com and use promo code locked on, or if you go to Amazon uh, or C CVS, you can uh, get this product. You will absolutely love it. I'm telling you, give them a whirl. Sweatblock and sweatblock.com. Promo code locked on will save you 20%. That's a nice bit of money right there from the good people at Sweatblock. And welcome back to Locked On Bama. Jimmy Stein flying solo today with Luke. Uh, Luke Luke's tied up. That's what happens when you have 47 children. You get things, things get a little busy. So uh, I want to talk about Jaleel Billingsley. Nick Saban had a rant yesterday that may result in a t-shirt. You know how every now and then Nick says something new and everybody thinks it's funny, even though what he said was not funny in his, he was ranting. But the, uh, this is not a democracy, I'm sure is already on a t-shirt somewhere in Tuscaloosa, and you'll be able to buy that soon. I think it would look cool, by the way, to the you t-shirt people that make this stuff. Put uh, in crimson, this is not a democracy, and then under it, uh, Nick's autograph. I think, I think that would look really cool on a shirt, so, so y'all be working on, on, uh, on that. Um, but yeah, the this is not a democracy speech is uh, making the national rounds today. And uh, Nick was responding to a question from, from Cecil Hurt, who uh, innocu innocuously asked a very fair question about Jaleel Billingsley and his, about Jaleel Billingsley's, uh, basically, was he playing? Was he in the scrimmage and, and did he play? And is he still in trouble? And uh, apparently, Jaleel Billingsley is still in quite a bit of trouble uh, because Nick, purposefully or not, uh, you know, and, and when, when Nick was going on that little rant and, 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 and started it with the democracy thing, it, he was talking to Jaleel. That, that's what makes Nick Saban so, so great at this, uh, so great in dealing with the media. He uses that opportunity to talk to an audience and that audience is rarely the beat writers on the zoom call the audience sometimes is the fans sometimes it's his team sometimes it's position groups sometimes it's his coaches but yesterday he was talking to Jaleel we were all listening 
but that's who he was talking to is Jaleel Billingsley. And, and, and you know, here's what we know. We don't know all the details, and nor do we need to. It's not our business as fans. We just need to know as fans whether we're going to see Jaleel against Miami. Uh, you know, and, and, and is, is he playing with the first team? And, and, and is, is he living up to uh, all the hype that he created for himself by showing everyone last year that he's a hell of a football player when he's on the field and playing? Well, we do know a couple weeks ago that uh, Jaleel got in a minor amount of trouble, and it was trouble. Uh, don't, don't misinterpret what happened. Coach Saban said it was COVID-related. But A, he did not say that Jaleel Billingsley had COVID and was in trouble for that. Uh, he, he, he never said that, and, and I, I know that that's not true. Uh, but he was in the doghouse, and it was COVID-related. So you guys can add two and two and come up with whatever you want there. But those are the two facts that we know because that's what, what came from Nick Saban. So that was a couple of weeks ago. So the understandable question from, from Cecil Hurd in the Zoom call was, uh, what's Billingsley's status? Uh you know, in essence, asking if he was out of the doghouse. And the answer is obviously a resounding no. He is not out of the doghouse. As a matter of fact, Coach Saban was a little upset about it and I think talked about it for about four or five minutes, though not getting into specifics about Billingsley's issues, although it was clear that he was upset about the way he was practicing or the lack of the lack of intensity in his practice. So here's here's what has likely happened, and, and, and feel free to tweet at, at us at, at Locked on Bama if you think this is wrong, but his 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 doghouse punish, you know, for being in the doghouse but not in huge trouble, just minor trouble, it resulted in him being moved down the depth chart. And Coach Saban did say that uh, initially two weeks ago when, when asked about Billingsley. He was moved down the depth chart. So when that happens you got to work your way back up. They don't just say, oh, your punishment's over, now you're back to first team. What they want you to do is start over and beat out the fifth team guy. Then beat out the fourth team guy, beat out the third team guy, and get back to where you were on the depth chart before it all started because you outworked and outperformed and outclassed the guys you're competing with at your position. So it was it was my interpretation of what Coach Saban was saying is that Billingsley was demoted and is simply not working his way back. And that kind of jives up with various reports that you saw yesterday that Billingsley didn't play with the first team, uh, you know, in the scrimmage. So he is, has not worked his way back up to the top of the depth chart. And, and, and based on what Coach Saban was saying, um, uh, Maybe he hasn't had the best attitude about it either. And uh, that's real unfortunate because he's obviously a talented kid. All of us that saw Jaleel last year is basically our number two or even three tight end. Uh, became a weapon down the stretch. He made numerous great plays. He was even returning kicks at one point. I've never even in my life seen a tight end as a deep guy on kick return. Uh, but that just shows what incredible athleticism that kid has for his size and uh it's a real shame he's sort of in a contract year here he's a true junior that would make Billingsley NFL draft eligible but there is no way that that coach Saban is giving him a uh, you know a great endorsement to the NFL 
if if Jaleel was to, was to leave for the league under, under these circumstances. So, you know, for the kid's sake, he, he needs he needs to get things straight. Uh, he has a world of Sunday potential, but uh, it's a privilege to play in that league. It is not guaranteed to anyone. The NFL has been more vigilant than ever about behavior and suspensions and guys that just aren't allowed to play in that league uh, due to their conduct. Uh, It's not something that you just get to do when you graduate or move on from Alabama. It's something that's earned and uh, and the league is, is again, it's, it's a privilege to play in that league. And don't think, you know, I'm not talking to Jaleel, I don't think he listens to podcasts, frankly, but I, I don't think that there can be a guy so good that the NFL will put aside its policies and rules to make sure you play in their league. There's not a guy that's that good. Spencer Rattler is probably the projected number one pick right now in terms of like who's going to be the number one pick next April. Spencer Rattler, uh, if he did something bad, if he did something not good, he gets ar- arrested for domestic violence, which I'm sure is nothing Spencer Rattler would ever do. But if he did, guess who's not the number one pick? Guess who's not in the first round? Guess who might not be drafted? They don't need him. They don't need him in that league. They've got other quarterbacks. So... And that's a quarterback going first. Imagine what the value is of a tight end who would be lucky to go in the first round. So you have to be a good kid, a good person, a rule follower to be drafted and play in the NFL. You don't get to just do what you want and just assume that the NFL is dying to have you because you run a good 40 time. That's that's just not, not the reality. So... Um, Anyway, look for the It's Not a Democracy t-shirts on uh, in, a, in a store near you soon. As uh, you know, Alabama football is about to get started when uh, Nick Saban is saying things and creating new, new slogans that will be on shirts and buttons. Back after this. Okay, it's time to talk about Built Bar. Look, you've heard about Built Bar and what they're doing for all the walk-ons at BYU. That's pretty damn awesome. It's just a great company, but even better than that, they've got fantastic Built Bars. Go check them out, Built.com. You will absolutely love Built Bars. They are delicious. They're nutritious. They're good for a keto diet. Um, They've only got like a few carbs in them, very little sugar. Uh, They're covered in chocolate. they got a multitude of flavors. You're going to love one of them and probably love all of them. So go check them out right now, Built.com or just Google Built Bar, that's what I do. And you can go there and get them ordered. You need to, you're gonna love them. You're gonna just eat them up, gobble them up. You're gonna wonder where they've been all your life. Go to built.com, check them out. You're gonna love these things. Betonline.ag, how many times have I had to tell you? Go to betonline.ag, this is the website for you if you're into online gambling, and I know you are. That's just what everybody does now, is online gamble. So go to betonline.ag, use promo code Locked On. Get a 50% welcome bonus. That's free money from Jimmy and me to you. That's how we feel about you. Go check them out. BetOnline.ag, promo code locked on. You can bet on whatever. You can bet on Major League Baseball right now. You can bet on um, college football futures. They've got all that going on. You're going to be able to bet on college football here pretty dead gum soon. You're going to be able to do teasers and parlays and all that stuff that you want to do. You can bet on reality TV. I don't know if you can tease uh, the Beverly 
the Hills Housewives and the Atlanta Housewives, but you can try it in a some kind of turn or a combo or parlay or whatever you want to do. You can also bet on poker. You can play blackjack. You can do whatever you want to at betonline.ag. Give them a whirl. Use promo code Locked On. This is a fantastic site. It's the best one on Al Gore's interwebs. Final segment of Locked On Bama on today's show. First first day of week zero. I'm sure that week wants a different name, by the way. That's got to be pretty, that's low self-esteem, I think, for all weeks. Be week zero. I'm sure he's like, can, can y'all come up with a better name or something? But, hey, let's talk about the scrimmage a little bit. Uh, obviously, uh, there are media reports from the scrimmage. Uh, let's give credit where, where that's due. Reddale.com reports the BOL reports the, the reports on Tyler Insider, various message board posts on on different boards, the BAM on three board, uh, you know, and just kind of piecing things together as to what, what may have happened at the scrimmage. Sounds like uh, the defense had a pretty good day. Here, here's my concern, though. This is, I mean, there's a lot of things to brag about. There's a lot of things to be excited about. I think JoJo Earl is going to be a guy that, that gets first team snaps, which is amazing for a true freshman that came in in the summer. That's exciting, and, and, and I hear good things about Jace McClellan and, and Jamison Williams. Man, he's really good. The transfer from Ohio State, basically, who I've said all along, would be our wide receiver number two. Wide receiver two, I think that's happening. J-Mo Williams, funny Nick referred to him by his nickname, J-Mo, in, in the press conference. I, for some reason, I always find that funny. But uh, here's here's the thing to be concerned about. And we talked about it last week, and it happened again. And you know, and it's an Achilles heel. I wrote on my um, on my message board on the on three Bama on three message board. I wrote this thing this week about if Alabama doesn't win the national championship or the SEC, what went wrong? So I mean, what can go wrong? And I made a list of three or four things that I thought, you know, in retrospect, we'll look back and go, well, Alabama didn't win win it all because of this. And one of those things sort of showed its head again yesterday. Or Saturday, yeah, on Saturday, and that is, this is now including a day, the sixth time that Alabama has scrimmaged. The 2021 football team scrimmaged three times in the spring, with the third time being a day, right? And now, oh, that's right, five times. So three times in the spring with the third a day, then the first fall scrimmage, now the second fall scrimmage, and that's it. So this team has played five game type situations since since last season and this is a fact in all five of those game like situations Alabama never used the same five guys on the offensive line not one time the offensive line was either in flux in the spring when they were trying to determine who would be the left guard who would be the right tackle you know was Chris Owens going to lock down center all of that stuff was determined in the spring around some injuries because there were some guys hurt and and and, and didn't play in, in some of the spring scrimmages. Now we're in the fall scrimmage and the same thing's happening. Look, Alabama hasn't lost a single guy for a game yet. To my knowledge, everyone on the offensive line, and we have 17 on scholarship, all 17 scholarship offensive linemen should be healthy to play against Miami. The ones held out is just basically precautionary. They're just banged up. They're not hurt, hurt. Well, I think it's a problem. 
in the sense that there's no other position group on the team that that needs chemistry and needs to learn to play with each other more than the offensive line. Uh, that that's the you know I call it the unit within the unit. I mean the, these these guys are their own team, and 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 per Saban, you know uh, Kendall Randolph, the right tackle, he was out, had to be replaced by J.C. Latham, the right guard, Emil Ekior, returning starter, potential All SEC player, didn't practice, replaced by Tommy Brown, uh, who played with the first team. So. You know, it's just one more game-like situation where they had to line up with with a new starting five. Now, the good news is I think this has probably helped create a pretty decent depth situation where Alabama's going to have, you know, a bunch of second-team guys who have practiced quite a bit with the ones. That's, That's good. That's helpful. But if the projected starting five against Miami is Evan Neal at left tackle, Javion Cohen at left guard, Chris Owens at center, Emil Ekior at right guard, and Kendall Randolph at right tackle, if that's your starting five, those five guys have not scrimmaged together. Now, they may have taken reps and practice together. As a matter of fact, I'm assuming that they they have, and maybe even quite a bit. But in the game situations, the, the dress rehearsals, the scrimmages, those five guys have yet to play with each other, and I think that that's something to watch. And and, and if I was picking one unit on the team, offense or defense, that worries me the most heading into the 2021 season, it's the offensive line. And it's not because I don't think that the guys are good enough. I think that there is some a, a good talent level there. But they haven't played together, and chemistry is important. I also think there is the possibility – that there will be some shuffling based on performance. I tell you what, I think it'll be that starting five that I just laid out. I think that those will be the five against Miami. But I, the only two, the only two on that offensive line, I would bet a large sum of money are the starters at their position all season long are Evan Neal at left tackle and Emil Echior at right guard. Uh, I, Neal and Echior, they're entrenched. I don't think the other three guys are. I think Cohen, Chris Owens, and Kendall Randolph will begin the season as starters. And you got to say that gives them an advantage in terms of holding on to it all season. But I'm not 100% convinced that they will hold off guys. I think Darian Dalcourt is going to push Chris Owens at center. I think J.C. Latham is going to push... Kendall Randolph at right tackle, but even more so, watch for this to happen. If Dalcourt replaces Chris Owens at center, I can see Chris Owens kicked out to right tackle. I have a hard time believing Chris isn't going to start. He just may not start at center. Cohen is also a brand-new starter at left guard. He won that spot in the spring and has held it over the summer and has held it to this point. But there's a lot of talented kids on the roster, including guys like Damian George, uh, Pierce Quick, uh, Tommy Brown. Uh, I don't think those guys are going to stop trying to win their spot. So Cohen's going to have to play well in the games to hold on to it. Appreciate you guys listening to this episode of Locked On Bama. This is Jimmy Stein. Luke will be back with me tomorrow as we further jump into week zero. And we are only 12 days away from uh, from the Crimson Tide kicking off against the Miami Hurricanes.